Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Car Wash, the podcast. This is the podcast that makes you a better car washer and a slightly better human being. Hey, I'm Matt DeWolf, Editor-in-Chief of Car Wash Magazine. And in this episode, we are diving into data. Data is one of those things that we all know we need to do more with, but we have no real clear path to figuring out what to do. It can be downright overwhelming. We've got zeros and ones flying all over the place and trying to make it add up to something of any real significance, something that we can take real action on, is challenging. So today, we've got Andy Agostini from Magnolia Wash Holdings, Anoop Canthan from OmniX Labs, and Ann Mahler from Soapy Joe's, sharing their insights into how we can prioritize the data to collect and what we can do with it once we have it. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack when it comes to data. We're going to get into it. Uh, we're going to give you an acronym by the end of this because I like acronyms. Okay, so first, first I just want to get a, a brief introduction from all of our panelists. Uh, let's start with Anne, and then we'll work our way down the line. Anne, go ahead and tell everybody about yourself. Great. Hi, everybody. My name is Ann Mahler. I am here representing Soapy Joe's Car Wash. We are out in San Diego, California, and we have 16 locations. Uh, my background includes some QSR experience, so really high volume uh, has been the focus of my career. Excellent. Excellent. Andy. Yep. Good morning, everyone. Andy Augustini. I'm here with Magnolia Wash Holdings. Uh, we started Magnolia Wash Holdings uh, just over a year and a half ago with 17 sites, and we're now over 60, uh, soon to be 70 sites here over the next couple of weeks. Um, so I oversee operations uh, for the Magnolia brand. Um, and prior to that, most of my background is in kind of large uh, multi-unit retail operations. Uh, morning, everyone. My name is Anup Kanthan. I'm the CEO and co-founder of OmniX Labs. We're an analytics platform for retail. Uh, some of you might know we were recently acquired by Everwash, which is, you may know, the largest uh, subscription management network in the car wash industry. Uh, got my career started in mainly technology and management consulting and then went to Wall Street and a hedge fund and really wanted to bring advanced analytics to Main Street. So hence we started up OmniX Labs and here we are today. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Okay. So now you guys know what you're dealing with uh, and I know what I'm dealing with. So here we go. Uh, I, I promised an acronym. I made this one up, so it's probably not very good, but it's going to, you can pronounce it any way you want to. I think it's icky <laughs> or it's ice. So uh, it's five letters, a five-letter acronym, so maybe this doesn't work, but I got, I got to read them off so I get them right. Uh, it's identify, capture, clean, centralize, and execute. So that's kind of our, our, our general data uh, uh, bullets that we're going to talk about. We won't get to all of them because each of those you could unpack for days, but we are going to focus on identifying and a little bit of executing. And so uh, let's start out uh, down on the end, Anoop. I'm going to have you kind of help us understand What's your approach uh, when you think about how do you identify the data that you're going to collect? Right. I mean, I think you should see it like any other technology wave, um, really focus it on a particular business goal or an objective you want to get out of that, and then identify the data you need around that particular objective. So don't get so focused on the technology itself. Um, so that might be a broad-based objective of, say, increasing sales 
and then you'd want to break that down a little bit further in terms of I want to increase maybe my membership sales or break that further into I want to just increase the conversion of my membership sales at a location. So once you get to that level, identify the data you need around that. And so that's how we think about it. Um, at OmniX, we also sort of break it down into paradigms, um, meaning look at data from the past to help give you insights, or look at data in real time, like in the presence, to help you manage better on the field. Or maybe there's a, a way of also looking at managing better in the future, so predicting the future of your wash based on data. So I think if you break those into those three, you can just start with something really simple and say, I'm going to look at my historical data, and I'm going to find the best day where no, not many members are coming, for example, and rotate your shift to put your best sales attendant on that day. Yeah. And so you can just start building on those small blocks and grow from there. Yeah, I love that. I love that approach because it's, um, it's measurable, right? Like you can, you can see very clearly what you want to do and where you want to go with it. And it's achievable, right? It's not, it's not so overwhelming because there's, look, let's be real. There's a lot of data. There's a lot of stuff you can do with it. Um, half the battle is just getting the right things uh, collected so that you can execute on them. So uh, Andy, how about you? Talk about your approach a little bit in terms of identifying the data that's, that's kind of helping your business. Yep, so similar to kind of what Anoop was talking about is we really try to focus on the data um, that kind of highlights operational efficiencies or inefficiency, inefficiencies for that matter, um, you know, with the clear goal of action or change. Um, so we use a tool uh, that's called uh, a KPI tree, or you could call it a KPI hierarchy, um, which is taking kind of that, that core element, let's use sales as an example, and breaking it down to the kind of key components. So if we're looking at sales, um, we know the two big drivers of sales in this space is going to be your traffic as well as your average ticket, right? From there, um, let's say we have a clear goal of, of what we want to drive uh, for traffic, uh, whether that's against uh, comp year over year sales or whether that's uh, against the budget for a new site that's scaling. Um, so then we'll take it down a step further, which is, okay, um, when we look at traffic, we're going to look at our new customers, but we're also going to look at our existing customers, uh, i.e. customer retention. All right, so now if we identify an issue with new customers, well, what are some of the uh, KPIs that really drive new customers? Okay, so we're gonna be looking at multiple data sets. So we're gonna be looking at, um, you know, operational efficiency KPIs. We're gonna be looking at weather data. Uh, we're gonna be looking at marketing data from all of our marketing partners. All of these key uh, performance indicators that really allow us to kind of break it down to the root cause of why we're not achieving the goals that we wanna achieve. Um, so that way we can develop a very detailed action plan and a very objective action plan. Um, so what we've been doing at Magnolia over the past few months is, you know, we've been in this rapid growth mode. We've got data, uh, data flowing from all sorts of, of different sources. Um, we have three different POS platforms. Uh, so that <laughs> has been a challenge. Yep. <laughs> so we've been working with a, a third party organization to basically build out a data warehouse that allows all of this great data to kind of flow into one central repository. So it's, we're getting POS data, we're getting uh, live feed into weather data from weather.com. Uh, we have uh, employee census data and labor data coming from our PEO platform. Um, so really just a bunch of great data. And then on the front end, you know, we use a platform like Power BI to build out these great uh, dashboards that all of our teams can use, not just on the operation side, but our marketing team, um, our development team to really make uh, you know educated uh, decisions and, and kind of those game plans that we were referring to. Um, before we go to Ann, I want to I want to ask a little follow up here. So um, as you come not not being in the, this industry initially, right? So you 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 had some experience with data in a different life. Um, 
when you come into this industry, where are we right now? Like how, how much room do we have? We are in the very early innings um, when it comes to, to data. It is highly fragmented at this point. Um, and I think we're just really kind of scraping the surface of some of the really cool data that we can start collecting. So for me personally, it's, it's very exciting. That's very good news because I was, I was gonna say that um, when, when I look out and I see what's happening in other industries, uh, the, the, the stuff that um, other retail operations are able to know about me and serve me and the ways that they can change my experience is it's fascinating stuff. We're gonna, we're gonna uh, pontificate a little bit on that in, in, here in a minute, but, uh, and how about you, let's talk about identifying data. So at Soapy Joe's, as you're going, going through how you're gonna um, figure out what to, what to act on and what not to, how do you pick the data that you're gonna actually collect? Right. Well, at Sophie Joe's, I think I may have failed to mention in my little intro, I had head up marketing and customer experience. So that's the lens through which I am looking at the data. And we operate very similar to what Handy has expressed, both in terms of um, our objectives, laddering up into a main KPI chart, and then also having that data centralized, which is part of the acronym. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I am really looking to identify in a lot of senses in marketing is taking our customers and our prospects from anonymous to known entities. And in that sense, I'm going to lean into the identify I and our acronym here. The more you can identify your customers, and by that I mean specifically having their phone number so you can SMS them, having their email address or their social handle so that you can contact them about all of the great things that you may have on promotion, that you can affect those retention numbers, but without truly identifying your members in a way that you can communicate to them uh, you're, you're really, um, when you can achieve that, you're building the foundation from which all of your marketing efforts can flow. So in that sense, for the marketing uh, discipline, we're really looking to identify those customers and moving them from anonymous to known entities in uh, one of the many platforms that's available out there. Yeah, so quite, quite literally identifying. Quite literally, yes, yes, can excellent. you contact them? <laughs> and that may seem counterintuitive because in a lot of um, senses, you know, for any of you who are uh, running a membership-based organization, they've joined and you think you have them, but you don't because some of the POS platforms don't require a phone number or an email address to literally get into the system. So there's cases where we have members, you think you know them, but you're not able to communicate to them. So it really is a step that needs to be looked at you know, treated as an initiative to identify those customers. Yeah, I think that's huge. I mean, just, and, and then making sure that we're going to move into execution now. So making sure that when you, you've identified those things, that if you're running promotional offers, if you're uh, doing any kind of that stuff, that there are mechanisms in that funnel for you to collect that data as you're going, as that, that the other part of the acronym, right? It's icky, or it's ICE. Whatever you, whatever you guys want to call it. Uh, it doesn't work. I'm sorry, friends. It, but, but we can use it if we want to. Um, okay, so let's move into execution a little bit. We're going to assume that we've already done the step. We've identified and we've prioritized these, these things that we know we need to collect. We've collected that data in a great way. Uh, we've cleaned it up so that we know it's good, right? We're not like sending it to, um, you know, robots. And then uh, we've gone ahead and centralized that in our data warehouse. Now we got to do something with it. Let's talk a little bit about uh, maybe how you, how you execute in terms of pushing that information down to your teams to make sure that the organization is using data. So uh, let's start uh, back down on the end again with Anoop. A, a what, what should we be thinking about when it comes to helping people get a kind of a data mindset? Sure, um, as you said, right, I think the theme's going to be implemented in sort of bite-sized pieces. And so as you said, I think getting the data extracted out, um, some way centralized, 
that can be getting it out of your point of sale and then maybe marry it with other marketing campaigns or other kind of tools that you've used in the past and bringing that in one source. Uh, I would try to avoid getting caught up in the technical infrastructure weeds. You'll probably hear a running joke from someone, you'll talk to them and say, hey, we started our data warehouse project, and then the next year you say, hey, we're still working on our data warehouse project. So try to, try to make it focused on solving that particular business problem. Um, and so what we did is feel free to use other tools. I think Andy mentioned a few already, but you can use ready-to-churn ready to, to, to analytics tools, reporting analytics tools that are available. And five years ago, these weren't, and you don't need an army of technicians to actually operate those. Um, and then beyond that, I think just even in the last two years, if you look at this floor, there's a whole bunch of analytics companies that are here now helping the car wash industry with that particular focus. So I think there's a thing about, yes, you want autonomy and you want to have control, but I think utilize partners to help you get you that lift. And then you can always decide later on, when you, if, you, if you want to, is to bring back more in-house or continue to use that kind of relationship. Excellent, excellent. Andy, I know, I know uh, you started off talking about KPIs and the KPI tree and all of that. Um, I know when we were talking uh, before this actual show, uh, you were talking a lot about how you push that down and how you have different kinds of meetings and different sets of information that everybody's kind of reviewing. Can you walk us through that little, just a little bit? Yeah, so at a high level, you know, we try to focus on KPIs that, again, really drive change. And we know that those KPIs might vary based on the audience. Um, so uh, at a high level, we might be looking at certain metrics, you know, the business as a whole, whereas, you know, we'll drill it down from there uh, where my regional directors will be reviewing with their area managers, certain KPIs, and then the area managers uh, covering those KPIs uh, with the site managers. Uh, the most important aspect of this, uh, you know, working out is, is that everybody fully understands the data and fully understands the KPIs that they're reviewing. Um, you've heard the term, you know, analysis paralysis, which is just simply reviewing data and data, but not actually, you know, doing anything with that data. Um, and, and, you know, personally with our business, you know, we've grown aggressively via acquisitions. And with that comes a, a wide array of uh, understanding how to, to read data or even what reports they might be looking at. So um, the challenge for us was uh, finding a way that we could, you know, create these digestible reports that everybody could understand. Um, but at the same time, educating our teammates on how to, you know, properly, uh, properly look at these reports, uh, ensuring that all of that data is flowing down to the site level. And then again, the last component of this is, okay, great, you understand the data now, um, you know, focusing on repetition and really understanding it, but now what are we gonna actually do with it, which is driving that change. So following that KPI tree down to that root cause or the root problem, uh, or maybe it's something really uh, good that you guys are doing operationally. Um, but really understanding that and then developing that action plan has really been our focus in making sure that everybody truly understands uh, the data and that they can kind of repeat it in their sleep. <laughs> I know that sounds sad. It's but, a, I mean, yeah. only a little, I mean, look, everybody in this room is probably a little bit more like us where they're, it's, they're kind of geeking out about it, right? Like it's kind of, it, it's not that, it's not that sad. I think it's really exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have nightmares about data, so. Well, yeah, I, I always like to say, um, you know, how are you doing? And I say, well, I'm living a dream. Or maybe a nightmare. I'm not quite sure. But <laughs> Varies by day. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and I know that uh, you take a similar approach in terms of really trying to make it um, education focused for the entire team. Can you kind of talk through what you all do? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, like my colleagues have said up here, keeping it simple, keeping it repeatable, and keep coming back to as you are uh, skilling up all of your organization around data, what you're reading, and what it means to them. Because I think if it's you know this oblique data set that doesn't have any bearing on what they're doing day to day and what they can actually affect in their day to day and their business, it can seem like a wall of information that's impenetrable and doesn't have true meaning for them. So one of the things that we do is we take our data sets and we align it to our customer journey map, which was another conversation that we've enjoyed uh, previously, but really laying out how customers come through your site, what are the tools that are associated with that customer journey, but then what are the data points associated with that? And maybe the whole organization is focused around one area of that customer journey for an entire quarter or a half a year until we really have the, they, they dream it, they yeah. eat, live, and sleep this thing, and they really truly understand how that one data point can affect that one piece of the journey, and then that's when you know you're ready to move on and expand from there. And by move on, we don't mean leave it behind. <laughs> you keep reading it, but that's when you can expand the knowledge base of your organization and perhaps expand into another area of opportunity that helps the whole organization reach those KPIs. Yeah, and, and this thing, I mean, this is achievable, right? I mean, we can yes. get there, like, because, you know, at some level, when you start talking about being a 20 plus uh, location organization, that seems like that's a heavy lift to, like, go through that. But I think, one of the keys is, is what we're hearing through this education. If you can keep it pretty simple, uh, if you can keep it consistent so that they're hearing it over and over and over again, and, and just make sure that you're always talking about it, everybody's going to start speaking the same language, and I think it's going to really help. Um, let's move into, let's, let's geek out some more, shall we? Because, so we, we're going to assume that we've all solved the data problem. We have everything we need. We're ready to execute. Everybody loves and lives data. What is possible? with that data. Let's talk about a little bit about like some new things you might be thinking of, some new things you might be uh, think are coming down in the future. And can you start us off? Yeah, well, you uh, so elegant, elegantly said earlier that the marketers are already out there impacting your daily experience. So I think when you really are able to go from anonymous to known individuals and entities in your trade area, the possibilities are endless for what you can do with marketing in terms of retargeting, reserving ads. I know something that uh, is on my wish list and I am really hoping to get into more is video. It's a modality that we haven't done a lot with and I'm really curious to see, once we create some great content, how that plays, because you need to watch the data against our more, more traditional modes on social, on email, et cetera. So that's one thing that I'm really hoping we can extend our shoulders into is video advertising and then seeing how that plays. You always have to have that A-B comparison in marketing to, so you have a path forward. You can optimize into that right path. Um, but I would say video, if you're not already doing it, um, you know, I, I, wish, uh, if, I wish we could have more and I'm really looking forward to that, so. Yeah, that's a good one. Video is a good one because that, that makes all kinds of things possible and you can do, you can do some really neat stuff in terms of uh, geolocating, um, serving them different things based on demographics. It, I, yeah, I love that. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> yeah, 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 we're sitting up in, the, in, in our little uh, office just manipulating everything, making you buy things. Um, Andy, how about you? What's something you all are looking at kind of in the future? Yeah, just to echo Anne, uh, the data around you know, customer behavior to us is, is just so valuable. And again, we talk about just kind of scraping the surface in this industry. I, I do think that's kind of 
where we are a little behind uh, compared to other industries is really understanding that customer journey and the customer behavior. So I am very excited to start collecting more of that data and, and making better decisions on the marketing side. Um, but one of the other cool things I'm excited about too is, is kind of what we're seeing with data flowing in regarding the actual car wash operation, not so much on the people side, but on the equipment side, right? You're hearing about uh, a lot of these, you know, smart MCC cabinets um, and sensors and all this great stuff that is going to be able to um, pinpoint, you know, every little issue that you might have on the equipment side or project out uh, whether or not you need to uh, service a piece of equipment uh, or better yet, uh, replace a piece of equipment, getting ahead of these kind of things. So really kind of having this autonomous operation and getting all of that data that flows in on the equipment side, I think is going to be very interesting. That's super, yeah, that's super cool. That's super cool. Uh, uh, Anoop, how about you? What are you looking at? I know you're looking at lots of things. Yeah, I mean, we love this stuff, right? As you say, geeking out on it. Um, as I mentioned before, we talked about sort of time paradigms of data, right? So you can look at your past historic data to give you insights. You can look at what's happening in real time at your operations to make uh, field decisions. And then there's also how can I predict the future of my operation? And so we've been focusing a lot of effort on there. So that's basically building machine learning algorithms or neural networks to predict how your operation will run. Uh, for those that are familiar with OmniX, we already are able to predict your sales volume by hour the next day. And we do that by capturing uh, Google traffic patterns, weather, public events, past historical information, a bunch of attributes. But what we've done, just we actually launched this last month, uh, we've now taken it to the next level, which is you can enter the address of any location, commercial location in the United States, and we'll tell you what an optimally run monthly volume will be for that location. So whether you're thinking of benchmarking your site, whether you're thinking of a piece of dirt you want to develop or you want to comp um, compare yourself uh, to what it should be, we're able to do that. And, and you think about what's coming together, there, that's US census data, median incomes, it's uh, traffic patterns, it's obviously competitor density, uh, retail density, et cetera, and that's all coming into the neural network and we give you that answer in 10 seconds, which I think is fascinating because you probably would have had to hire some consultants over several weeks to make that decision. So that's the kind of things that we're building on and as we've all talked here, right, once you build that data, you can get ever more sophisticated with your, with your things that you aspire to do. Um, and some of the things we're working on in the future is churn prediction. So obviously it's one thing, great, you got members, but you got to keep them and how do you keep that lifetime value high? And so what we're doing now is we're able to look at your customer base who are members and say, what's the probability of them churning and when? And so that'll allow you then to take proactive um, actions, if you will, to mitigate that. That is super fascinating. Uh, I mean, like I can, I can totally see like, okay, so maybe I've got some, I've got signage at the end of the tunnel and you know, it's, it's uh, changeable for me, maybe it's digital signage, right? And then I know that uh, Anoop is coming through the tunnel. Anoop is real likely to churn out on me, uh, at, you know, in a, like a week. You come through, you get hit with that message, and it's like, it's based on some other data set that you know that Anoop uh, maybe loves puppies, right? So you show him a puppy, and it's like, we really appreciate you. Uh, you send an offer about the thing, and suddenly that churn uh, prediction is no longer true, which is what we want to do, right? If, when it's churn, you want to prove it wrong. You want to prove that number wrong. Uh, unless it's like your churn is like 1%, then good for you. Great job. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm going to end with one, um, one thing that I like to ask everybody, which is w what's one thing we can do today that will make us better tomorrow? And you can take this any way you want to go. We can talk about it from a data perspective, or you can give us some dynamite uh, life uh, coaching. So however you want to do it, we'll start right here with Ann. 
uh, from a life coaching perspective, tell someone you love that you love them today, for yes. sure. Yes. Can't yes. go wrong yep. with that. Yep. From a data perspective, you know, one thing that you can do today is take any list of the customers that you have, export it from whatever system you're in, literally an Excel spreadsheet, and go to your Facebook business profile, load that in there, and create a lookalike audience. It is a way for you to extend the data you have today, come up with into the predictive world of who your potential customers would be. From there, you serve them your ads. And in that way, you are most likely to attract your new customers because they already look like the customers that you have today. And Facebook does that on the back end for you with all their algorithms. So uh, that's one thing that you could get started doing today. Yeah, that's a great one. That's, a, that's super tangible. Uh, Andy, how about you? So on my end, I would say empower your site level employees, right? We talk about the education component, making sure that they fully understand the data. Um, I think it's easy for us to get caught up into, you know, kind of forcing the data upon them. But as soon as you empower them and allow them to really understand, you know, the numbers that they're looking at and make better decisions, uh, it becomes a lot easier on the operations front. So uh, again, give them that sense of ownership. All of our uh, comp plans are tied to budget performance. Right, so uh, opening up your PLs to the site managers. I know a lot of people love to keep that data close to the vest, but we're very transparent uh, at the site level with PLs. So empowering your employees, um, allowing them to feel like they really truly own this business because they are the ones that are ultimately driving that revenue for you, um, and make better decisions on their end. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Anoop, how about you? Well, I think Andrew stole my idea. Ah, see, but, that happens. But, I'm sorry. But, sometimes, um, sometimes the last person. I'll, I'll try yeah. and, yeah, it's a problem, right? <laughs> I've got to think of a backup plan. But I think I'll try to build on what Anne and Andy are saying, actually. Um, so, yeah, get that data out of that point of sale, start analyzing it, pick up some use cases. And in your case, I think that's great. Build a, a competitive leaderboard at each of your locations and show that metrics to your, to your team. Build that sort of healthy competition um, and then build on the, the use cases from there. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, well, friends, the acronym, in case you missed it, is ICCI, or it's ICE. So that's <laughs> identify, capture, clean, centralize, and execute. So that's our acronym for the day. I promised it to you, so you get it. You can do with it what you will. Um, <clears throat> how about a big round of applause for this panel? That was excellent. Great job, you guys. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.